Hello and welcome to Hazardous Opinions. My name is Eric. Right here is Andy. And today hello. we're talking about The Matrix. He said hello, by the way, but I cut him off. Hello again. There he is. All right. So this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. What do you think of it? This is a very 90s movie, for it sure. It is a very 90s movie, even though it came out, well, yeah, it came out in 99, right? So yeah, yeah. not technically anyway. 2000s, but still a 90s movie. Yeah, still still that era where yeah. there's too much slow motion. There's a lot of weird techno music and uh, hacker mentality. Hacker of, mentality. Like, <laughs> you know, it. like the, the pre- big internet stuff where everyone yeah. puts a few buttons and they're like, I'm in uh, yep. the simplicity of what it used to be. It was, it's very simple in those concepts. Uh, I think that it's perception of computers were a lot more exacerbated than uh, they actually were because right now we're surrounded by computers. We're using computers right now and it's not, as exciting as they make it seem but like you know this yeah. is science fiction you know what i mean so science fiction means you know it, it's a lot bigger a lot grander than it is so it was uh, also based on people's perceptions on of computers at the time too which you know people's yeah, thoughts on now. computers were a lot more grand then than they are now yeah overall this this movie was a lot like Fight Club to me, where you have to get over a lot of weird anachronisms of the late 90s. But if you can ignore those, those few, very few minor things, I it does sound like a big thing, but it's very few minor, minor details. This movie is amazing. Uh, this was my first time watching. Uh, I know you've you've seen it a few times here. Oh, man, uh, I was a little late to the party. Yeah, it, it holds up 24 years later. Yeah. And uh, to give you some background on this, I used to, well, sometimes I still do. I used to call Andy Mr. Anderson all the time. Every time he would hop on Xbox, I'd be like, Mr. Anderson. And to believe, I honestly, I believed you watched the movie, so you got my reference. But <laughs> now... To find out that you never seen the movie until now, like it, it's just it, it was crazy because like I was giving you a reference to a movie you've never seen, but you just went with it. You're like, "Yep, yeah, I'm Mr. Anderson." Uh, <laughs> that was cool, but like <laughs> I thought you were just like you got what I meant, but you never did. But hey, now you do. Yeah. So watching this movie so many decades later uh, than I was supposed to. I uh, I had so much pop culture influence going into this from the Matrix. You see all the memes, you see all the uh, the clips and stuff from it, of yeah. all the uh, the greatest scenes. I thought there'd be a lot more action in this movie than I expected. Maybe that's a second, third movie thing, but I was still pleasantly surprised with the CGI and with with the really fast pace everything kept at for a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, I mean, for it being an action movie, I, I would say it's more of like a, a suspenseful type uh, action. 
You know what I mean? Because it's not like constant action scenes, but it's enough there to make it an action movie. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of, yeah, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time in a, in the way that it's like they're in a rush because they're being chased sort of thing throughout the whole movie. So you never really get that calmness of feeling safe at all through this movie. You always feel like, like Inception. Like uh, when is, is the Inception going to start turning in on itself type of thing? And, yeah. you know, all those people start looking at you. But in this movie, it's people turning into agents. Very creepily, by the way. Very creepily. I think the first time I seen uh, a random person turn into an agent, like my my uh, heart stopped. Well, <laughs> that is an exaggeration, but like that was just a mind boggling thing that, you know, it, like they're literally not safe from anybody. And to think that these are people in a simulation, like real people in a simulation being harvested by machines. Yeah, for and- their bodily energy. Yeah, and then they just get taken over by an agent. Like I've always wondered, like what happens to these people? Do they they die? They're stealing their bodily fluids. Well, uh, then again, like when you think about it, the agents are controlled by the robots. The robots don't care about human life, obviously. So, I mean, I guess the only logical answer is that they did die. Yeah, from from what I interpreted, he, Neo asks Morpheus. Uh, so if you die in the matrix, you die in real life. And then Morpheus says, uh, what was he saying now? He pretty much says pretty much in a, in a more mysterious way. Yeah. So I interpreted that they died. Same thing with, uh, near the end of the movie when, uh, Neo and Trinity are gunning down random police officers on their way into, uh, the one building. It's like, oh, all those random people just died in real life now. Yep. And then um, that that like I feel like this this uh, this movie has a lot of influence off of uh, current pulp culture, because I mean, before this movie, nobody was ever thinking about if we're in a simulation or not. And uh, I I feel like this movie. Well, maybe there was maybe there was. Yeah. yeah, the philosophers, but like, was maybe okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, let me rephrase that. Uh, I wouldn't say nobody did, but a lot less people did before this movie came out. Um, I feel like this is uh, this is a a precedent to them. a lot of a lot of pop culture surrounding the simulation because whenever you hear somebody like referencing the simulation and be like, we're in the Netflix or we're in the Netflix. We're in the matrix. God damn it. Speaking of pulp culture, but like uh, we're in the matrix and, or like when something weird happens, they'll say it's a glitch in the matrix. So like, you know, this is just uh, a reference that people use to uh, describe the current simulation that we're in. If we are in one. Yeah. And now it's a, Taking the red pill as being woke. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, being, yeah, taking the red pill. There's so yeah. many Morpheus memes about like, what are you going to do? He's going to take the blue pill and uh, live your life or take the red pill and go down the rabbit hole and see where it goes. 
just like I don't know if that's like a reference to the meaning of life or what life actually yeah. is. Talked or... about uh, Alice in Wonderland a lot in this movie. I think that's what they referenced by uh, down the rabbit hole. That would make sense. Quite a few quotes to it throughout yep. this one. Yeah, because as soon as he takes that pill, like all hell bro- breaks loose, and he basically is in Wonderland. Yeah, Keanu looks fucking young. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know 20 years is a lot of time, but him and Lawrence Fishburne are fucking young as hell. They are. They, they look like children compared to how old they look now. Yeah, and to be fair, I'm sorry you've seen this movie so late because, like, I've, like, this is, like, when Keanu Reeves was, like, a big actor for me, at least, when I've seen it, like, in the early 2000s. Yeah, so like it actually helped me like grow with Keanu Reeves, I guess, with John Wick and everything. It's like notice like, wow, he got old, you know, stuff <laughs> like that with his beard and stuff. Yeah, in, in reverse of, oh, wow, he got young. Yeah, well, he got young. <laughs> yeah. I've also seen like other movies with uh, Keanu Reeves as uh, a young performer. Have you ever seen the movie Street Kings? I have not. So I guess I'll put out like a small recommendation in there because uh, this is also a good movie. I I, I think y'all should watch. It is called Street Kings. Keanu Reeves plays as a uh, alcoholic detective who is uh, a loose cannon and he is going into like internal affairs shit with uh, his precinct because there's a bunch of dirty cops and he doesn't know who he is, who they are or whatever. And it's a lot, it's uh it's pretty fun. I definitely, it's definitely a twist. You're not going to know who it is. And it's great. It's like a whodunit Ooh. movie. And if you want a Keanu Reeves movie that you shouldn't watch, be replicas. That replicas. I actually haven't watched that. What is that? Is it's, that- uh, it's like cloning. His his family died in like a car accident. I think he like cloned them back to life. And then, you know, your normal hijinks of like, well, we're not even your real family type of thing. And oh, it's been a few years since I've seen it now. Very crap movie, though. I was oh. just looking through his, through his acting credits here. Okay. All right. I'll know to avoid that one. But also, like, that is one of those things that you can't really discredit the actor from the writing. No, definitely not Keanu's fault. He tried. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not it's not ever the actor's fault. And I want to I want to put this out there that um, if you ever if you ever want to send death threats to an actor for playing a part that you didn't like in a movie or game that you didn't like like don't blame the actor they're they're literally handed scripts to do these parts like it's not their fault please do not do that that is just ridiculous that i see people doing that and i hope i hope some of you agree with me that with that or hope all of you agree with me on that that is just wrong the most important thing that kiana was in though was a 1987 Kellogg's Corn Flakes commercial. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. Is he like, they're great. 
that would be Frosted Flakes. That would be Frosted Flakes. So it's Corn Flakes, but with some sugar on top. It's the same thing, man. I want to think he was the original Tony the Tiger, okay? <laughs> yeah, Corn Flakes. Stop masturbating or we'll, uh, we'll fucking mutilate you as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really uh, sponsor to the big history of Kellogg. Yeah. Oh Jesus, man, that man. Before Kellogg, there was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, this movie has a lot of influence on pop culture with the simulation stuff, and it's uh, it's really. Christian Nolan, Chris, Christian Christopher Nolan. What am I saying? Nolan esque, Nolan esque film, uh, with it like being eye opening <laughs> to a possibility of we're all in a simulation. I think that's what that was that uh, sparked everybody's curiosity. Maybe because it was a really successful movie. It was a really good movie. I don't know why it shouldn't be successful, but like. Uh, with it being such a popular movie, I think that's what the case was. With the uh, Warner Bros. coming out with a revival of the series a few years back, I don't remember what year, uh, with the fourth movie that should have never existed just for a cash grab and uh, and ruined it for everybody. But if you haven't seen the fourth one, don't watch it. Just watch the original trilogy, you'll be happy. Yeah, even though it's Nolan esque, these are uh, the Wachowski sisters. I, I I thought I heard it was Wachowski brothers that directed this one, but IMDb lists it as Lana and Lily Wachowski. Okay. I don't know. So, maybe people transition. You never know. <laughs> maybe. They both did. Uh, they mostly just have writing credits for all the Matrix stuff and then uh, Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. Interesting. Not a whole lot of work in here. No. So the, with with the amount of work that went into this movie with the CGI and the choreography is actually really impressive. So the choreography with the kung fu and all that stuff they do with that couldn't have been easy to master but it was really well done it was yeah. uh, a bit corny it was okay it's before modern age all right so it was a bit corny with all the sound effects and all the all that shit they put in there but it was still good like it's still it's it was still convincing you know what i mean yeah, no, I um, definitely the blend of different martial arts. The expertise there did not go unnoticed. It was a little cheesy. Is one of the parts where uh, the initial fight between Neo and Morpheus, where they're in the training simulation and trying the Taekwondo Kung Fu was super fucking cheesy. It was. Just because he's like, I know Kung Fu. And he was. Yeah, he was I like downloaded onto his brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it is a cool concept. No, I mean I'm not I'm not going to take that away from that. Like it's super cool concept is be a lit, like if imagine if there was any skill you wanted to learn 
and you're in a simulation, you could just tell your hacker to give me this skill and then they'll just download it into your brain and you just know it. Like that would be the coolest thing ever. But uh, yeah, the way he's like, I know Kung Fu. And then they start fighting <laughs> and then the kicks that they do launches them across the room and stuff. I don't know if that was supposed to be somewhat realistic. Like they're more powerful than the average man because of they know they're in a simulation. Actually, that was a, actually a point that they made. Being aware that you're in the simulation actually makes you more powerful than you were if you didn't know. Yeah. Is essentially what they said. So, yep. yeah. So Neo finds out he's in simulation. He actually learns and accepts it. And uh, that allows him supernatural abilities, which him being the one gives him more supernatural abilities than everyone else. One of my favorite scenes initially was um, when Neo first, he's or when he's still Anderson in the normal world. And before he goes, well, I guess back to the real world, technically uh, when he's still in the matrix and they're pursuing him in his office job and Morpheus is walking him out onto the ledge to avoid yep. the guys. Yeah. And, he drops that phone over the thing and does that early nineties, early 2000 or late nineties, early two thousands slow-mo as the phone falls off and <laughs> Keanu's just like, Nope, I can't do it. And then we just cut to him uh, in custody <laughs> by, <laughs> by agent Smith. I was like, Oh, that was really good. That's, that's pretty funny. Nope. Not going to do it. <laughs> it just surrenders himself. But then, uh, and then Trinity actually, re- that, that was when it leads to that interrogation scene, right? Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they fucking put that belly button worm in him, and he wakes yeah. up back in his room. That was Ugh. messed up. Gross. Yeah, that, that creeped me out. out I randomly, like, when I was growing up, I would randomly think about that bug that would randomly crawl into my belly button, even though <laughs> this is like a like a fictional movie, but my kid yeah. brain didn't really comprehend that. I'm like, what if somebody just puts that, you know, that mechanical bug in my belly and I just get controlled or something? Like, I just can't. I was kind of wondering how it worked because it looked like it like opened his skin or something and then crawled in. It crawled in and it, that was like, I don't know what they were planning on doing with that because uh, it, it seemed it like they were tracking home. him. They wanted to track him or something. Yeah. Or they wanted to conform him back into the, the normal simu- simulation or whatever. That could be. I feel like it wasn't explained too much and they just they pull it out of him anyways. So Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't explained too much. It should be nice if they did explain it more, but um yeah. Good it, CGI. It was, it's CGI is great. Um this was honestly I don't know what the budget was for this film. It had to have been a lot because Big. what they achieved in CGI in nineteen ninety nine sixty three million dollars, which is yeah. a lot in the nineties. I mean is uh yeah that yeah, is great and it definitely sets a sets a new bar for all the cgi that the movies that came out after that i've seen a lot of movie reviews 
And uh, every time there's a movie that has like bad CGI and then they're like, oh, yeah, we had this, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And they refer to the Matrix. And it's like uh, yeah, and uh, they're like, you know, how can we not achieve this with uh, such advanced technology now? What, how could we not achieve it? Yeah. It went from uh, like, can I run crisis to like, why aren't we as good as the matrix type of thing? Like, why are we uh, 20 years later and we're still getting this, this shit ass CGI, but I suppose it's just lack of uh, lack of expertise. They probably had some pretty good uh, people working on that shit. So $63 million would be equal to $112 million today. We did uh, we did the Gray Man, right? That's not too much then, actually. Yeah, because some movies are worth like billions. Like Avatar? Yeah. How much was the budget for Avatar? Yeah, but Avatar's an outlier. Yeah. Took them... For the for second decades. Avatar is a couple billion. Took them yeah. a decade to come out with a fucking sequel. I haven't seen it yet. I apologize for people that like it. All right, so Avatar Two was uh, two hundred fifty million, really? which is it, it is an outlier because like literally they don't. I mean that's just that's just why is it an outlier again? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, maybe it was it was billions for all six. Sorry, I was misunderstanding. All six movies? Yeah, because they, uh, they like, um, what are they? They got like the funding for like six Avatar movies already. Oh. Like five or six or something. Okay. That makes sense then. 250 million is, is still a lot of money. Yeah. Way more than, uh, Avatar, way more than, uh, than matrix in this aspect but like what would you say that avatar compares to the matrix in like it uh, like if the matrix won okay no 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 if mate if avatar 2 came out in 1999 how would you compare it okay no that's not even fair either I don't think that's fair. <laughs> that is not fair what am i even thinking wow Maybe there is no comparison. There isn't a comparison between Avatar 2 and The Matrix, guys. There's, uh, I know it's super surprising, but uh, yeah, we, we just can't do that. We don't have the budget for it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the action in this movie, though sparser than I imagined, is still like really good, though. I loved and was also pretty surprised by the creep factor of, uh, of Agent Smith. Yeah. He initially gives Neo the fucking stretchy mouth when he's like, well, how are you going to make your phone call if you can't talk? <laughs> and then his, his mouth does the, the weird stringy thing and then just closes up. All right. Um, uh, I have a theory. So creepy. if he's able to do something as crazy as that, mm -hmm. how was there even a battle between them? The, that was before, like they were still in the matrix at that point. And then that would be before Neo realized his power. So like maybe he could defend against it because he knows it's not real. That's uh that's Later a good on. point. I like that. Yeah. We'll go with that. Cause once he uh 
once he knows he's in the matrix and plus because he's the fucking one he just shrugged off the bullets later in the movie too well so. he stops bullets yeah well he got like shot like six times in the chest and then he uh like got back up yeah my favorite my favorite quote from this movie is uh you know when uh when neo's like so you're saying i'm going to be able to dodge bullets and then Morpheus is like, well, what I'm hoping for, or wait, well, what did he say? What, uh, when you know you're the one, you won't need to. And then uh, he gets to a point where he's just like stopping bullets in midair and then he's just shrugging off bullets. Like he just like it was the point where he just did not need to worry about bullets. And I thought that was <laughs> such a cool quote, even though I butchered it. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I know this movie's long as it is already. It's about two hours, 15. But I do wish we spent a little bit more time in not the real world, but uh, the Matrix originally before he got red pilled. Yeah, Uh, it would have been nice to to see like a little bit more of Morpheus and Trinity trying to coax him along to join them and then him slowly starting to see more things. They're like, maybe this isn't real rather than they were just like, Hey, do you ever feel like you're dreaming like a, like a real dream, but you just like, you know, something's off. Like, uh, they just, they talked about that, but they never really like showed any of that. Like maybe something that would be like a break in the matrix before he got red pilled. Like, Oh, that's weird. That shouldn't be like realistically possible. They did go something into that. Uh, do you remember when he was when he was in the Matrix the first time when he first jumped into the Matrix? They pointed out a woman with a red dress. Was that just pointing out that he could see what he's seeing, or that was actually in the, that was in the training simulation because they that wanted was. to uh, to prove to him that any one of them could turn into agents at any time. But I, I wish they, they showed more of that before he uh, took the red pill, like at the very beginning of the movie, like, like, because he was just talking to like those stoner friends in the hallway and he was selling his hacking services or whatever, because they're, they're trying to make him up as a big hacking guy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking nineties. And, but they, and he, he was talking to those guys and he is like, does it ever feel like like you're in a dream, but it's like so real. And I just wish they'd like showed more of those things. Like maybe someone like glitching out a little bit or him actually like thinking he saw someone get taken over by an agent, but then like shrugging it off. Cause that couldn't be real before he met Morpheus. That, that is cool concept, but I feel like that would be harder to pull off. Yeah, Definitely. Because you don't want to make it cheesy as if, like, all of a sudden, now that he he suspects that he's in the Matrix, he's going to see somebody uh, glitching. Because that's a little cheesy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that could, that could be a little cheesy, depending on how you do it. I think, like, in a... And it would be a different, com- completely different tone to what this movie ended up being. It'd be more of a thriller thing, like, a, like oh, shit, am I in the Matrix? Like there's this group that's trying to to help me out and says I'm the one, and there's this group that's like 
you got to help us defeat Morpheus and stuff. These guys are whatever excuse he gave. Oh, <laughs> the agents. I see what you mean. So you're saying like if there is like if he was still in the simulation and there was like some random people coming up to him and asking him to go against Matrix, then he would be then he'd be faced with this moral conflict, right? Like he doesn't know what is real. Like what if what yeah. what if the agents were actually able to convince him that they were right? Exactly. Yeah, because he in the interrogation room. He's just like, how about I flip you off? Like he didn't, he didn't trust the agents at all. He immediately went towards Morpheus' side, like without much dialogue about like why he believed that way. He just said that there was some commentary lines dropped about uh, Neo has been searching for Morpheus for like two years because he thinks the Matrix is a real thing, but they don't like delve deep into that at all. It's just. Oh, yeah, like Morpheus, and he he's fully in in it now. It's not even a suspicion. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, what if uh, what if the agents were playing as different random people that he actually knew or something, and they started convince him that Morpheus, or maybe they did it on the news or something, that Morpheus is just some crazy guy that thinks we're in a simulation or something. And so he didn't, he doesn't know what to believe. Like there's a moral conflict there. Like he doesn't know if he's actually going to be going crazy if he did this or he actually goes. Takes the red pill. Yeah. yeah. Takes the red pill and just kind of. Cause yeah. he, uh, he grabbed that red pill without hesitation. Like, like he knew that he was in the matrix. Yeah. Or at least he thought he knew. I just, yeah, like Agent Smith immediately after uh, Keanu Neo flips him off, he seals his mouth shut and they go into that whole escapade. Like he doesn't even try to be more nefarious about getting him onto his side or anything like that. I, I get he's he's not a human. He's not thinking human things. He's he's a robot. So he's like, oh, well, he flipped me off. Time to kill him. Yeah. Or stuff a bug in his belly button. but. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a program than a robot. Well, I guess it is the same thing, right? But yeah, or they, yeah, they sent a program into the matrix to take care of it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like task manager, you know, yep. they uh, show up to end a program. They don't, it's like, I don't know why I'm here, but all I know <laughs> is kill. I must destroy. Yeah. I must yeah. destroy whatever that meme is, but it's a pretty good meme. I think Tank was my favorite character throughout this movie. The uh, he's the um, how I even describe him. He's the operator, the the one that was always on the yeah. phone line, talking to yep. him and stuff. Who took a fucking massive shot of whatever that lightning gun was at the end and lived. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, he is a very likable character more than that other guy who was actually working with uh, the agents. Oh yeah. Which, you can clearly tell like right away he was supposed to be an antagonist. Like I already did not like that guy before I found out that he was working with the, with the agents. Yep. But I, I can't even say it's a, it's an older movies thing from a couple of decades ago. Cause movies still do that very often. They make the, uh, uh what's the, uh, the archetype, like the person who's intended to betray you later in the movie, like yeah. they make it so obvious in movies 
And I don't know they if it's do. just to uh, to not lessen the blow, maybe. Yeah, but like, like I want to feel, feel that like, blow. You I know? feel like Marvel has shown us that we can have complicated villains. People like that shit. It's okay. Oh yeah, like, they don't need to be straightforward. Oh, I'm a bad guy, and I just want to kill people. They can have complicated motives. Are you referring to Loki? More Thanos. Thanos? Yeah, Loki too. Uh, he just wanted to control people. <laughs> he didn't want to control he, people. Like He thought he had a higher... Um, he imagined... Uh, like, he, uh, uh, how do I explain this? He is so, a god. And he thought he was better than people. Exactly. Yeah, he thought he was a god. And he thought that he had control over life. And automatically i don't know how like i'm guess i'm asking what your viewpoint on this is like how is he like because i i never liked him i knew he was the bad guy and i knew that i don't agree with whatever he was doing like what what like marvel had the the exceptional option to develop him because loki's in what like eight movies and a tv show so he's he's a little bit different. I I was more referring to like Thanos in that he's in two movies or like actually a character in like two movies rather than just an ending credit. But uh, yeah, and they develop such a complicated scenario for his motives, and we we just don't get that in movies that often. It's it's always stuff like this guy's unlikable from the start. Oh, he betrayed us. Well, I guess we expected <laughs> that. It's never like, oh, we really cared about this person and they made a really difficult but reasonable decision to betray someone because of whatever reason it might be to switch to the other side. Like you can make complicated decisions. Like life isn't black and white. It's not like like maybe they threatened your family and so you went to the other side. Like you wouldn't blame someone for that. Yeah. Like if it's worth if it's like versus a friend versus like your wife and kids or something, you're probably going to switch sides to save your family. But we just don't like get that kind of grayness in our movies. It's just they're straightforward. I, I am going to caveat that with like there I'm, I do know that there is some movies and shows out there that are like that. They have complicated villains and like, like you said, Marvel did it, and there are some out there. I just can't think of them on top on top of my head because of terrible memory. But yeah. I I know where you're talking about. Where it's like you understand the villain, but you also like it is also justifiable to defeat the villain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, like you understand where they're coming from, and you like them at one point, but you're your heart changed because you found out that they're going to commit mass murder or something, you know, like it's, it's just a moral conflict that you have to face at that point. It's usually, uh, it's usually one of those films that uh, has two protagonists and then one of the protagonists turns into the antagonist. And then that's when it ends up being justifiable. Like you don't, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I feel bad 
for the villain at this point, but I don't really want to, I, I don't really want to see them succeed. You know what I mean? And so like you feel, you feel for the hero in this situation where you have, you know, they have to make this decision and it's a hard decision. It's hard for everybody, the viewers, the hero and everything. And it's great. I love it. I love when they do this, but I, I do believe that it would be great if, if uh, this particular character that we're talking about would have had of a uh, stronger development with the hero before uh, us finding out that he was working with the agents. I thought that would have been a lot better than what they did. One question that still, one question that still remained with me after the end of this movie is, is there an agent hierarchy as I explained in later movies? Like a Smith no, somehow higher than those other two guys. They're actually, so they're actually all the same. They are indifferent. They are the same. They're like a hive mind. Uh-huh. So they, there's no hierarchy. I don't know why they had different um, ones other than agent Smith, but we have like three different models and it seemed like Smith was the leader because he was it giving seemed like that. Right. But then, then again, but then again, they all kind of duplicate into the same people. You know what I mean? So like, I don't yeah. think that they're all, uh, I think they're all one. I think maybe, I don't know if it was like an actor issue or something. I, I think it might, might've been like a movie production thing rather than uh that yeah but i, I okay. am pretty convinced that they're all a hive mind that they all think the same way i'm not sure though interesting that is an interesting yeah. that is an interesting theory though but i i'm convinced that they're all a hive mind but it is a possibility that there is a hierarchy yeah and it could be explained in the later ones as well uh one little nitpick i had in the movie is a lot of movies do this, but the fucking, the rush to get somewhere. And then right before they're in the safe room type of thing, then there's this big pause to exposit all this information. So they're running away. The helicopter crashes. It's this whole fight scene. They killed the first agent ever. It seems. And they get down into the subway where they're going to call on the payphone to escape out of the matrix. So Morpheus gets out and then Trinity supposed to call to answer the phone next. And she's singing there ringing. And she's like, I have to tell you something. And she just stares at him and stares at the guy and Neo. And their conversation goes on for like four minutes until an agent shows up right as she decides to not tell him. And then zaps out. And then so of course the payphone gets destroyed. So Neo has to go find another way out. And then the plot goes on for another 20 minutes because of that. Hmm. It's just stupid shit like that sometimes. It's like, yeah, did you not wait to tell him until four seconds later when you're in the spaceship together? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) that is a that is a plot hole, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's 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 a, just a nitpick that happens in movies I, too often. Yeah, I guess I never I never thought of that, but yeah, that is interesting. If it, if she just t- 
told him right away what the information was, that would have been a lot simpler than uh, the entire thing that just happened. Yeah, because it it pretty much extends the rest of the movie because of that. Just because of her not answering the phone right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one of those things where it's like you don't know what the writer is thinking about. They have something in their mind on what they're going to reveal later or right now. But if they just it's like I don't know if it's like the anticipation like maybe maybe they were maybe it was meant to, uh, you know, derive some suspense from you or something. It, it could have been and may, maybe back in 99 with a different lens on movie watching, I would have perceived it different. But as, as it stands now, I, I look at it and I'm like, I was literally yelling at her uh, as soon as she the phone rang for like the third time and she was just staring at him and couldn't get her words out. It's like answer the fucking phone before Agent Smith comes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And like in situations like this, you got to. You got to think about what the human, you know, you got to think about the humanity, too. You know, because yeah. like everybody's different. Not everybody's going to think about the same thing as you're thinking when you're watching, too. That's true. So maybe she froze out of fear or something. It could have been. You know, it, she could have been thinking about anything. She could have been thinking about um, what would happen if, uh, you know, if the agents overheard her or something. I, I don't know how that would be uh, a thing, but. Well, her, her big thing she wanted to tell Neo was that she loved him and that she was in love with him. And she was like, that was the part that the uh, the Oracle left out is I'll know who the one is because I'll fall in love with him. When he shows up and I'm in love with you, Neo, <laughs> you are the one. And that was like his motivation to get back up after getting shot. <laughs> that whole thing didn't need to happen. He, I mean, like, of course, as a movie thing <laughs> that needed to happen for Neo to reach his full potential there. But as a logical thing, it's like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't. <laughs> I can't really think of a logical explanation for that. It's just. Uh, it, it. I. It seemed like one of those uh, rom com fantasy things. I. I. I not rom com, but like uh, romantic fantasy things. Uh, where um, you get the you get the power of love. To uh, defeat your enemies, you know we we've seen it before. It is a classic yeah. trope. So and I don't know. It could be. It could have been one of those things. He just want to didn't want to reveal it yet. I don't true. know. Without Trinity taking her fucking time, we wouldn't have had the wonderful Mister Anderson quote from uh from Hugo Weaving there. Yeah, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Anderson. That, that that wonderful fight in the subway too, which is amazing fight. Oh yeah, um, the best fight. In the whole movie, honestly. Yeah. And really, like, I, I try to view it as a. So, like, you have amazing stories that happen in your life. And sometimes it happens because you did a totally illogical thing. And so that's what happened to make the movie happen. Yeah. Or else it wouldn't be a movie. Is this weird turn of events happened 
that created the movie. Yeah. Or the events of the movie. And if it didn't happen, the movie didn't happen, but there's a, there's a point of disbelief with the logic. This, this is a very minor one. I mean, I'm talking about it a lot, but it's, it's very minor overall. No, it's, it is an interesting point. Like, uh, I honestly never thought about it until now, until you brought it up. But like, it is, it is an interesting, uh, plot point that, uh, I feel like it needs to be discussed anyway. So, I mean, yep. <laughs> I'm all for it. That and, uh, fucking, I can't remember the bad guy's name. The, uh, the one who betrays them. Cypher. Yeah. Cypher. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> They're hiding in the walls. Classic this, hype hacker this, name anyways. <laughs> this also adds like half an hour to a movie just because of Cypher's actions. But this one's understandable because he it was probably intentional. He kept coughing when they were hiding in the walls. Yeah. And then they, they were, ended up getting them caught. And that's when Morpheus got caught and they had to go save him. So he was coughing... Yeah, they were hiding inside the drywall when they were getting away from the agents when uh, the little kid died. Was it like Weasel or something like that? Mouse, not Weasel. Oh, when, Mouse. When, when Mouse yeah. dies, when the agents show up there, they start hiding you in the wall. said little kid. It is not a little kid. <laughs> he called him like little guy. He's a little guy, maybe, but like not a little kid. <laughs> Either way, they were like hiding in the walls and, and climbing out and uh fucking Cypher kept coughing and that's what got him caught. So but but that, that was explained, I guess, by the fact that he was a traitor. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was a traitor and he wanted to get them caught and he expected to get a big payout and something that wasn't even real. So I, I don't know how like did you really expect how do you like we don't see if the program is actually malicious or not and would have like duped him out of his reward or not. But like, how can you trust them? Like they have no, they have no no empathy towards all humans. Yeah. And there's no reason for them to give you what you want because as soon as you do what you, what they want you to do, they can just erase you and put you as a poor person. You're never going (laughs) to. I don't know what his logic with that was. Like, I don't think that, like we found out that Cypher was very okay with being in a simulation. Like he didn't yeah. give a fuck. Right. He said he wants all of his memories erased. He wants to be rich. Yeah. Like, who knows that they're going to do that for you. They could just stick you with the rest of the fucking population. That, that is true. And if he didn't die, that's probably what they would have done anyways. Probably. Cause your memories are erased. How are you going to know? Exactly. Yeah, they're going to tell you whatever they want you to. They think you want to hear. And uh, it is a bit of a stretch in that part of the story. I agree with you on that. Neo was really just starting to become powerful, like at the very, very end of the movie when he kills Smith. And then uh, those other two guys run away. So we don't really get to see like his full force of the power. I was almost wondering if they, they had sequels planned when they, when they finished this one out, it kind of may, it seem so, but maybe they didn't. Maybe this was, it, it does seem like it could en- have ended with this movie if it didn't succeed enough. 
like I, I could see where where the ending of this movie is a decent ending to leave it at. Yeah, it's just a one-off little cool sci-fi story. I could see that too. Honestly, I think that is sequel bait because uh, the he. Uh, I mean, he obviously he like flies off into the sunset at the end of the movie too. So like, it it feels <laughs> like it's either like it's one or two things. So cheesy. either he's like you you can just end it there, and he's like the protector of the the human race or whatever. And uh, well, there's a lot also a lot of uh, things that weren't resolved in that movie, too, because they were on their way to. That one city, Zion, Zion. Yeah. yeah, they were on their way to the city and they never actually got there. And so, I mean, I honestly feel like they planned for a sequel for that. OK, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah, because. Is Matrix Reloaded the second one or is that the third? Uh, Matrix Reloaded is the second one. Matrix. Okay. Um, so that one came out in 03. So it was a little bit before the next movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, Matrix Reloaded is Matrix, it, Matrix Revolutions? Not Resurrections. Revolutions is the third one. Not Resurrections. Don't ever watch <laughs> Resurrections. Don't watch Resurrections. Yeah, so it's Matrix. Matrix. Matrix Reloaded and then Matrix Revolutions, which okay. surprisingly so enough, came out in the same year. they both came out in the same year. I did not know that, actually. That's, That's actually nuts. Yeah. Two movies of the same. That's crazy, you know? Yeah, one came out in they, May. They had to have been filming November. both of the movies at the same time then. Yeah. Huh. So it's kind of like a like a part one, part two situation. Like, uh, like Harry Potter, Hunger Games, all those that do the, the two parters. They, they must've had it in mind where they have enough stuff for four hours, but then they quickly just cranked out a second part rather than, uh, having it as a four hour movie, you know? Yeah. In, in this situation, they just gave them two different names for the movies. Which is, uh, which is really cool, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. So many movies that happens with no, like not very many. You no, know, not in the same year, anyways. So the two thousand three must have been a pretty revolutionary, revolutionary year. Revolutions, yeah. pretty revolutions. Yep. <laughs> for uh, movies to be dishing them out that much, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, my uh, my final note that I had about this movie is Ragent's Machine was a really fitting outro song. <laughs> Did they have Rage Against Machine at the end of the movie? Yeah, I actually didn't recognize the song, but I recognized the, the singer right away. I was like, is that fucking Rage? And <laughs> I looked it up and it is. It's uh, called Wake Up. Wake Up. Fitting. My, my favorite boy, Tom Morello. One of the writers there. Good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't recognize any of the other tracks other than they had Dragula in uh, the club earlier. Oh, on. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I thought I remember hearing a corn song too, but it's not in the, the soundtrack list. So, but 
Yeah, it was a it was good stuff. I really like the uh, the instrumentals throughout the the movie. I there's no words, so I don't know what it's called. But wh- whoever wrote that and did the instrumentals and the score for this movie is really good. Yeah, I agree. Music throughout this film was pretty good. Very solid, very solid. But yeah, that's the Matrix. Yeah, I think we uh, we discuss film as a whole. I think more than the Matrix, but it's it's a revolutionary well, movie. And yeah, it is. I think it's worth talking about its effect on the world and on on media. Yeah, this uh, this movie was very high budget. So, I mean, so we've known that uh, its uh, its CGI effects was like ahead of its time honestly because i can think of a few movies that came out after that movie that were uh dog shit with uh (laughs) cgi so yeah computer computer graphics were uh, a huge part of this film and this set the bar for everything afterwards so raised the bar actually Yeah, we uh, would not have all the wonderful 90s, not 90s, uh, 2000s movies about hacking. And <laughs> we probably still would, but maybe not as many without this movie. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely brought up a lot of, I don't even know what you describe it as, like computer culture in general into yeah. the mainstream and uh, the thought of everything being a simulation. Yeah, we are in the matrix. That is uh that is a fact. So, if you're listening to this, you have the opportunity to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I did look at the the composer for the movie. I I pulled it up here. He also did some Jurassic Park stuff. Uh not not the score, but did some Jurassic Park stuff. Uh, Don Davis. Oh, that's interesting. Not a whole lot of stuff that I know in here, but figure he's worth a shout out for uh, for the cool stuff he did. He he does a lot of anime in here, it looks like. So, cool. Good on him. Good music, Don. Yeah. Not to be mistaken with the Don Davis as a U- U.S. representative, but uh, the composer. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I bet that's a very common mistake. <laughs> He's a, it's a don't be like me and Google Don Davis and find a congressman. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's a very common name, I would say. It it does sound like a common name. Oh well, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see uh, Don Davis, IMDb, and that's the one you should click on. Indeed, indeed. So. Um, credit words do did all the matrix he did some a lot of Jurassic Parks and a lot of anime yeah he's very talented so we have a I know it's not October yet but we got some spooky shit for you this month uh, yes sir good for me I don't know if you guys like spooky shit but I certainly do Uh, we got Mr. Mr. Cthulian Mr. Lovecraft himself with the In the Mouth of Madness 
coming up as our next movie this month. And then at the end of the month, you guys are going to hear from us about uh, Call of Cthulhu. The Call of game. Cthulhu! Which I'm also super excited for. So we got two, two, uh, two Lovecraftian works in a row this month here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we want, if we want to do a board game review, we could also do Reign of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be a cool segment as well to have. That would be cool. I, I like that game. I some board games. Yeah. For Maybe sure. we will. Uh, give us your, give us your thoughts on board games podcasts. Uh, <laughs> send us in a, or if you have anything to talk about Matrix or anything coming up this month, you can send us email at hattersopinionspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, or hit us up at uh, Instagram at hazardousopinionspod. Give us a follow. Shoot us some DMs on there. It's probably one of the better ways to reach us. We could reply pretty quick there. And uh, send us your suggestions. Make sure to give us a rating one to five stars on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please. And shoot us your review. I think Apple, you can leave one on there. Uh, If you leave stars on Spotify, just shoot us your thoughts, though. Yeah. So without further ado, I will... I was really uh, hoping for some ado. Ado you with with a fellow a good goodbye. See ya. Goodbye.